True healing comes through vulnerability and confronting painful realities. Um, and so writing this book was definitely a very vulnerable process. Um, I had to confront a lot of my own childhood trauma and write about my most frustrating, painful, lonely moments. Um, but it was very comforting and also therapeutic in a way, too. So I want people who read my book to be prompted to reflect. You know, reflect on those areas in which they need to seek recovery. On this episode of The Creator Community, we'll meet Jesse Chan, an overachieving college student with a passion for marketing and helping others with mental health challenges, and now published author. We'll follow Jesse's journey of learning how to create a culture of empathy in those around her through creative storytelling. We'll learn the surprising cause of death for young people in America, right behind opioids. Then we'll hear about what it's like growing up in a Chinese American family if you don't always meet the expectations set for you. We'll also explore Jessie's journey that inspired her to publishing her new book, Unglamored, and how it led her to meeting one of the top young hip-hop artists in the U.S. today. Check out the show. Welcome to the second season of The Creator Community. This is a new podcast series from book publisher New Degree Press, or NDP. I'm your host, John Saunders, founder of Ford Advisory Solutions. The show is designed to celebrate, elevate, and showcase many of the incredible authors that have published their books through NDP. This year, 2021, NDP will cross over 1,000 published authors. In this show, we get to know the authors and their books, as well as give you a behind-the-scenes look at their journey of being an author. We'll find out what it takes to bring a book from idea to being available and published wherever you buy books online. It's no easy task, but it's certainly doable. Today, I have with me Jesse Chang, author of Unglamored. Jesse is passionate about the intersection of artistry and mental health. She left California's Bay Area for Boston in pursuit of her studies in marketing and applied psychology. Her marketing experience has allowed her to work directly with musical talent, thereby strengthening her dedication to creating a culture of empathy through creative storytelling. As a Chinese-American woman, Cheng hopes to advance a new, diverse narrative on mental health, and in penning her debut novel, has sparked a conversation about eating disorders within the Asian communities and the entertainment industry. Jesse's book has an early September 2021 target publishing date and will be available wherever you buy books online. Jesse, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me today, John. What an interesting pleasure to have you. Uh, what an interesting story you have and, and a message you're trying to get out there. But before we get into the book, can we just get a bit more about your background and your journey? How, how did you navigate to where you are, Jesse? Yeah, so I'm actually a rising third-year college student, and I'm turning 20 in November. So sometimes when I tell people that I'm publishing this novel, it sounds absolutely crazy to them. But I've always been a really huge believer that young people are especially capable of influencing society's values and culture. And I can joke that I came out of the room just loving music, but since middle school, I've always wanted to become um, a member of the music industry. So in the beginning, it was wanting to become a singer myself. Um, not very realistic. Um, but now it's wanting to work behind the scenes and supporting a lot of talent. So now that I'm studying marketing and business analytics and applied psychology, I work behind the scenes. I work directly with talent. So my experiences have allowed me to work one-on-one -on -one with, um, with a lot of singers across different genres to help create personalized marketing campaigns. But what I really got from working with them is the kind of emotional and the mental pressure that they, that they often face as creatives. Um, and these um, experiences working with people have definitely strengthened my love for music, as well as my commitment towards helping other people. That's awesome. Well, first of all, 
a college student writing a book is kind of mind-blowing. I couldn't imagine getting this done in college. So kudos to you for getting that done with all the other things on your plate with school. And what a remarkable perspective you have on this with a, you know, a background in marketing and psychology and applying that to the music industry. And now getting this insider's look at, at what's been happening. Uh, maybe before we go there a little bit, though, but could you give us a sense of how did you fit this into your life, right? What has your author journey been like? Yeah, of course. Um, so I've done a lot of competitive public speaking since I was a child, and I've always loved sharing stories and advocating for issues that are recognized in my local communities. And so there was always this one topic that really drew my attention, and that was the lack of eating disorder awareness, as well as the glorification of this mental illness. Um, I have personally been struggling with disordered eating and an eating disorder for almost seven years now. And I know that a lot of my best friends also have in the past. So this really motivated me to write speeches talking about body image, about unhealthy beauty standards, the dangers of diet culture. So when I had learned about the Creators Institute last May, it wasn't something I needed people to convince me to do. It was instantly writing this book about eating disorders within the entertainment industry. Specifically this industry because entertainers are often held to these really unrealistic expectations and they're criticized when they cannot meet them. Um, so I started writing in the beginning of lockdown last year. And so writing on Glamour was not only a creative outlet for me, but also a way for me to put my emotions into words so that I could help create something that I could one day share with others and hopefully uplift others with. Um, I have this post-it on my wall and it says, remember your why, you know, turn your pain into purpose. So knowing that my book will impact readers, it gives me the drive to continue doing this. What a powerful message, you know, one, understanding your own journey better and then using that, this pain you've been through to turn it into power and help others. And certainly yourself, I'm sure it was a cathartic experience as well to sort of put the pen to paper and think through these issues you've dealt with and so many have dealt with over the years. Good for you. And congratulations on getting the book out the door. So maybe we could talk a little bit about the book. You know, what is Unglamored? What's it about? Yeah, Unglamored follows the story of a 19-year-old Chinese-American pop star. Um, so she lived in the States, but then she moved to Shanghai, China um, at the age of 12. And she entered a company, a, a company called Passion Entertainment. And essentially, there were about 60 other kids who joined this academy to want to train to become a singer. And in order to actually be able to debut, you have to go through very, very rigorous training. But during that time, especially because she was so impressionable, she was taught that she had to look a certain way. She had to constantly diet, constantly maintain a certain body image and a body size. But when the novel starts, it's her as a 19-year-old singer. She is already famous. People love her. She is one of the hottest celebrities in China. But what we see on the outside is this glamorous, glamorous exterior, but the story follows her internal struggles and how she comes to the realization that a lot of her thoughts, a lot of her behaviors and patterns aren't normal. You know, they're, they stem from an eating disorder. So I hope to spark conversations surrounding eating disorders within the entertainment industry and to show that what we see on the screen might not be what's actually happening, ha happening behind scenes. Interesting, this bifurcated world you're describing where this young woman is putting this one image out to the world that she feels and maybe has to have to sort of maintain her status. And at the same time, living this sort of challenged life behind the scenes is quite a juxtaposition. And I can't imagine that uh, you're, uh, uh, the hero of your novel, the, the main character in your novel is the only one dealing with this. You know, what would you say in Unglamored, you know, what is, or how does the book offer a new perspective, would you say on, on mental health? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, my character, Rose BD, she is a celebrity. And celebrities um, are held to this insane standard. Um, and we, if you look at the news, there are people who are criticized for looking too skinny, for gaining weight. And it's, it's really crazy because before they were celebrities, they were regular people just like you and I. And I know that if my friend were being body shamed, I definitely would be angry about that. But it's become so normalized, you know, body shaming a lot of celebrities. So I feel like um, this book is also to, you know, convict readers and be like, hey, where are areas in which you need to realize, you know, your words have an impact on people. Um, and the second thing is that my main character, she is a Chinese American. And I think that you know, bringing in a lot of like cultural elements to it, um, explaining why mental health isn't a very talked about issue within Asian communities, that brings a new perspective as well. Um, and I think that there is this, there's this myth that, you know, eating disorders only affect upper class, thin white women, but it is a mental illness. So this, this myth overlooks a lot of the struggles of people of color, of men, of marginalized communities. So I hope to advance a fresh, a diverse story on mental health that will really engage my readers. Particularly around eating disorders. And, you know, as you were talking there, I was thinking as, you know, you wait online at the grocery store, right? You see all these magazines with all the covers and it's all these pictures oftentimes of women and famous men. And we might think or say whatever we want about them, positive or negative. And I'm sort of thinking, gosh, what if that was me on that cover and I'm standing in line listening to someone else make commentary about me, like as, as, as a regular person, right? You, you, uh, you get to see this thing and think, oh man, maybe I should go to the gym more often or whatever. And, and but now you're not the one in the picture, right? And so you're really putting yourself out there. That's interesting. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Of uh, you know, why would you think? Why would you say? Well, you know, why are the conversations surrounding eating disorders important, and particularly in this day and age? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so after considering opioid addiction, um, eating disorders are the deadliest mental illness, with one person dying as a direct result from it every 52 minutes. So this is a very serious reality that cannot be overlooked. Um, we live in a society that glorifies thinness, but at the same time exalts diversity. So doesn't there's, there's like this contradiction that doesn't really make sense at times. And the diet industry really does feed on, a, on our insecurities, telling us that if we work out more or follow this diet plan, take out, you know, consume these pills will achieve this perfect body that you know celebrities have but we have no idea what goes on you know in celebrity um, in their lives right um, so eating disorders are not a choice and I, when I see celebrities being shamed for their body size and their body shape um, it really does break my heart and I feel like a lot of young people especially when they look up to these public figures um, it's hard not to compare your own body with theirs um, I'd love to just have more honest and vulnerable conversations surrounding mental health, um, especially for me within Asian communities, because I know that there are a lot of young people um, who are being told by their parents, by their relatives that, th that they need to lose weight, that maintaining a certain body image is a sign of discipline, a sign of taking care of yourself. It's a sign of wisdom as well. Um, so yeah, I just feel like having more conversations about eating disorders is really, really important, um, not only so we can build empathy between us and those in the public eye, but also just to um, increase our knowledge about them as well. That is fascinating. And so if I'm hearing you right, you're saying, and oftentimes in the Chinese community, you'll, if you aren't having the right body shape, that you'll hear it from your family in a pretty aggressive way. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Wow. What Can you share any other thoughts on why that might be so pervasive? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think within the Asian culture, we really value discipline, um, sacrifice, and hard work. Um, these are really, really important things that we really we will teach our children, and it's important for us to have as well. So I know, like, I would usually go back to China every three years, and one year people were complimenting my body all the time. Wow, you're so skinny! I love your legs. Um, you look like you exercise a lot. Strangers? Was, no, usually like. Um, yeah, but when I went back uh, four years ago, people were telling me different things. You know, why are you wearing that? Those pants don't look really good on you. Um, or I noticed that you gained some weight. Um, so it's a lot of conversations surrounding body size and body shape. And it was interesting because I was having a conversation with my uncle about this two weeks ago. We were calling um, and he said, oh, you, you gained some weight. And I asked him, um, is that really important? I think I'm, I've been the healthiest ever, you know, because I'm going through my own recovery process right now. And he says, he says, of course it's important. You know, it's like professional. People won't hire you if you um, don't look like you take care of yourself. So I realized that um, this idea that being skinny is equivalent to being healthy, of being fit, of being disciplined, of taking care of yourself, it's actually it's actually extremely dangerous because you'll find a lot of people purposely starving themselves or doing unhealthy, dangerous diets in order to achieve this image that their body simply is not made to conform to. Wow. So even as you write this book, uh, two weeks, just weeks before it publishes, you're, you're still having conversations with your own family about this and, and the impact of it. Well, uh, it un, sounds like quite a struggle you've been through, and I appreciate you sharing that story. Thank you. Uh, so the cultural values, you know, clearly have a, an influence uh, on this. And, and how would you say, you know, any more you might add to cultural values influencing mental health in this circumstance? Yeah, I think it doesn't only apply to eating disorders. It applies to um, mental health in general. Um, there's this idea that if you were just stronger, you know, you wouldn't be suffering um, with a mental illness. And I, and I feel like um, from what I've noticed, um, this especially harms people who are suffering through depression. Um, it's this idea of that, you know, oh, your son doesn't even go to a that competitive college. Why is he depressed? Um, you know, like, why is he depressed? Is it because his, his classes are too hard? Um, there's people have no idea that, you know, there are a lot of factors that contribute to mental illnesses. So the people who struggle with mental illness, their struggles are often overlooked, oftentimes diminished and not talked about enough. Um, which is why I'm really hoping that, you know, with my book, that I could really reach the Asian community and help them realize that mental illnesses are a very, very serious thing. It's affecting their children, their best friends, their husbands, wives. Um, and it's something that it does not discriminate based on race or ethnicity. That's a great point, right? Anyone can be subject to it. And I feel like in school, we teach every subject these days and have, you know, physical health, but, you know, right, you have to go to physical education class, but there's no mental health education class. And I wonder how long it's going to be before that's more of a permanent uh, part of our educational program. But it sounds like you're, you're on a mission to make that happen, which is fantastic. Uh, you know, you talked about your career that you're getting off the ground in, in the music industry. And, you know, have you seen any crossover between your book and working in, in your career? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Actually, um, what inspired Unglamored in the first place is this collection of real life experiences of people I've worked with, people I've seen, my child, my younger self included, as well as a lot of like top celebrities and their you know, testimonies of how they've been um like 
how they've been struggling with either like body dysmorphia or an eating disorder. Um, so I think my novel is extremely realistic despite it being fiction. And which is why this is why a lot of my readers will be able to connect emotionally with my characters as well as like accompany their growth and feel like they've really been a part of it together. Was there a particular artist that inspired you to, to get this book off the ground? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, there are a lot of like Asian artists who will talk about their time when they were going through a training program in order to become a celebrity and how their company would uh, mandate them to lose a certain, you know, number of kilograms or whatnot. Um, and then they would talk about how this influences their mindset about body image, about themselves. And I think that because my childhood dream was to become a singer, when I was looking up to these female celebrities, um, I would ask myself, like, oh, why can't I look like them? Right. So, for example, like after softball practice, I would still run like an extra mile on the treadmill. And like for what? To It's to become more and more like them. Um, but I think after hearing their like courageous stories about them being, you know, them suffering through an eating disorder or mental illness themselves, um, it gave me this heart to want to advocate for them. And ultimately, like they were the inspiration behind this book. Wow, that's uh, unbelievable. And I can, I can see you running the, 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 on the treadmill after baseball practice and wondering why, right? Particularly after sharing this story here. And uh, I'm, no doubt you're not alone. So it's so powerful that you're out there sharing this message for others to hear and learn from. Uh, you know, when you think about this uh, uh, journey you've been on, Jesse, you know, has, has there been any, have there been any unexpected positive results coming out of writing this book that you, knew, you just didn't see coming, but have been a real surprise and positive for you? Oh, yeah, so many. Um, sometimes people would ask me, like, oh, what are you working on? Just like really casually. And I'd be like, oh, I'm writing a book and it's about eating disorders within the entertainment industry. And it's crazy because um, even though COVID's going on right now, um, I've been able to connect a lot of people who have been able to share with me, like, I have struggled with an eating disorder in the past, or I still struggle with, with one. So I think that this book journey has allowed me to reconnect with a lot of unexpected people. Um, and we'll talk about these really like raw um, experiences that we've had struggling with body image. Um, and it's just incredible the kind of you know vulnerability that they have and the kind of um, knowledge and the the hearts like I was able to, you know, see an experience because of, you know, me writing this novel. And do you think it was the book and having that new depth of knowledge that, that allowed them or, or enabled them to be more vulnerable about their story? Yeah, I, I'm a huge believer that when you're vulnerable, people will also be more likely to be vulnerable with you. So I think that making that first step to be like, this is what I'm writing about. And part of it is because I struggle with one and I, and I still like, am going through my recovery process. Um, I think it you know opens doors and it opens conversations that normally you would not be able to have. That's, uh, that's incredible. So it's opened your network. It's helped you already allowed you to help others and, and share their story and maybe share more of yours. You know, it, it, I, I found a great quote for you, a praise quote somebody wrote for you, uh, call me Ace, a young uh, billboard charting independent hip hop artist and disruptor. Uh, he wrote about your book, Chang critiques societal pressure to meet unrealistic standards of perfection by beautifully illustrating the imperfections of each character and in a way of us as the reader. I'm curious what your reaction was when you saw Call Me Ace write that quote for you. Yeah, well, first of all, shout out to Connie Ace. He's incredible. Um, he himself is, he's a celebrity. So he is in the forefront of all of that pressure that we oftentimes give public figures. Um, I love it when he talks about the imperfections of both 
um, the characters in my book and also us as the reader, because it shows that we aren't really that different. Um, the only difference is that, you know, we have the different career um, journey, obviously, and that one of them, uh, public figures are always under the spotlight and we aren't. But um, I think my goal was really to emotionally um, connect my readers and my characters um, to show that we can offer them empathy, um, kindness, care, forgiveness, rather than always criticism and high standards and these unrealistic unrealistic um, expectations of how they should look or talk like or be like. Right. Why do we get to decide what somebody else does or looks like with their life, right? That's a uh, fascinating. And were you able to meet Call Me Ace because of the book? No, we weren't able to, but we were able to um, like call virtually. But you were able to connect with him because of that? Yes, yes. That Actually, was... Yeah, he reached out to me, I think last um, May when I made my book announcement. And he was the one who said like, oh, this, interesting, this is a very interesting topic. Like, please let me know how I can be more engaged. I love to be a beta reader. So he's really been there since day one. Wow. So he found you because of something you put out on social media about the book. Crazy. That's incredible. I, I very cool. Uh, well done, call me Ace. Love that. And yeah. trying to support other young artists and, and disruptors in the world like yourself. Uh, Jesse, when you think about this book as a whole, you know, unglamored, the journey of this young woman went on. And what would you say is the key message or lesson you think readers can take away from this book if if they read it or when they read it? <laughs> um, there is this one quote in my book, and it says. True healing comes through vulnerability and confronting painful realities. Um, and so writing this book was definitely a very vulnerable process. Um, I had to confront a lot of my own childhood trauma and write about my most frustrating, painful, lonely moments. Um, but it was very comforting and also therapeutic in a way, too. So I want people who read my book to be prompted to reflect, you know, reflect on those areas in which they need to seek recovery or those areas in which they can also ask for help, um, those areas in which they can offer help or just have more genuine human connection. And I hope that people who struggle with mental health can feel supported um, reading my novel and also feel empowered by my characters to begin their own recovery journeys, whatever that may look like. That's awesome. And when you think, I love this concept of reflection and taking time to think, right? So many times in our lives, we're so busy. We're always sort of living in our lives instead of are sort of working in our lives as, and it certainly is powerful to work on our lives, right? And reflection is one of those things. I'm curious how you make time or find time to, to get that done for your own circumstance. Yeah, it's, it's been a habit since I was in the sixth grade. You know, I love keeping a diary and it's one of the best parts of, about my personal growth because I can read back on those diaries that I had in eighth grade in ninth grade, you know, last year. And I just realized how much improvement I've made in my own recovery journey and also offers me a different perspective. It helps me to be able to analyze a situation that I was going through in the past from like an outsider's perspective, almost as someone who's already gone through that. I think self-reflection is so important. It's, it really is the key to personal growth and also team growth um, as well. Um, there is no way we can learn from our past unless we reflect on it. That is powerful. I love this idea of being able to take this journaling allows you one, this timeline and getting to see sort of these timestamps of yourself over time and how you thought about things and how you're feeling about things, but also gives you that ability to take sort of step back in this reflection moment and take that objective view of yourself, which I think is often very hard to do. So that's great that you have that lesson for people to walk away with. Yeah. When you think about that arc from sixth grade diaries up until now, what, what would you say has been your, your, your uh, most positive growth attribute you've 
found in that journey? I think it's um, self-compassion. Um, I used to blame myself for having an eating disorder. I used to be like, oh, Jesse, why are you so selfish? Like, why do you care about like your body image so much? Like, you're just being so ridiculous, being so dramatic and um, like emotional. But I think like after starting therapy and just dissecting a lot of the childhood experiences I've had, as well as um, just like a lot of the thought patterns I have, I realized like I did not choose this, but it is my choice to pursue recovery and to pursue a healthier, like a truly healthier version of myself um, that is separate from how my body looks like. So I think that's the most positive um, growth attribute I've had, this willingness to like confront my reality and um, offer myself compassion. Wow, that's a, a powerful message, being honest with yourself, but also being compassionate with yourself because none of us can be perfect. No one has the ability to do that. But also, you know, just recognizing that you have to find your own journey, I think is what I'm hearing here. And don't let others dictate that for you, the cover of magazines or who's on TV or whatever it might be. Find your own journey and take the time to reflect so you can do that. If you're constantly working, picking up your phone, it can be very difficult to get that done. So what a beautiful message. Thank you for sharing that. Jesse, if people want to learn more about you and Unglamored, where, where might they go to do that? Yes. The key word is Jesse J.M. Chang. That's everywhere. Um, Instagram, um, on LinkedIn, my website, jessiejmchang.org. Um, I would love to connect um, and just to support those who are going through their own mental health journeys or their you know, own publishing journeys as well. I'd love to have a conversation with you. What a great offer to those out there, to our listeners out there who are maybe going through a challenge. Jesse's here. Happy to help you. Uh, Jesse Chang, author of Unglamored, student and soon-to-be college graduate in the near to near uh, future. Her book will be available this summer, uh, late this summer, September 2021, wherever you buy books online. Jesse, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Great to have you. I'm your host, John Saunders. Keep moving forward. 